Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. Chat our goal each and every day when we go live is for the following three hours to fly by. And if that happens, hopefully it happens for you. You get through your workday or whatever you may be doing as you uh, watch and follow along. Maybe you're joining Chad in the chat on YouTube. Outkick Network can be found there. Just search out Outkick in the search bar and... We hope you'll subscribe to the channel, and from there, give us a thumbs up if you enjoy the program. You can also ring that bell, click the bell, and you'll be alerted anytime we go live, which is weekdays at 3 o'clock Eastern, plus all the shows that air right here on the OutKick channel. Um, so Jim Harbaugh is kind of changing the script a bit for his Wolverines football team. For the last couple of years, they have had a Beat Ohio session within their practices it's worked they've certainly taken care of ohio state the last two years and probably do it again quite frankly if they meet for the championship game last year because we've seen how those games have gone their defense has ohio state's offense figured out um they've changed it though chad it's now beat georgia <laughs> it's not beat ohio and it's based on how the Wolverines have been out physicaled after being touted as the most physical in the trenches among all the Big Ten schools. And then they faced Georgia the last couple of years, and it's just not the case. Simply not the case. Many thought it would be different this past year. It wasn't. We saw the result, and we've seen what happens whenever they go up against the Bulldogs. And all of those NFL prospects or future NFL picks for the following April. I, I like this in theory. It's work with Ohio State. I would have just kept it with Ohio State, personally, and worry about the college football playoff when it gets there. But for, as far as motivation is concerned, I understand the gimmick here. But in practice, it still comes down to the Buckeyes and Wolverines, period. That's how Harbaugh's judged. And that's how Ryan Day is judged. Just ask him. Yes. I really like Jim Harbaugh for a, a number of reasons. Um, some, you know, there's some negative things about him that I think probably He's rubs quirky. him the wrong way. Yeah. yeah, very quirky. Can come across as an a-hole at times, quite frankly, to people. Um, but I, overall, I, I, I tend to like the guy and I like his messaging. I enjoy this gimmick. If every year you're just saying as a team mantra in the offseason to beat the national champion, you know, if it changes, if it was Alabama a few years ago and it's beat Alabama and then it becomes beat Georgia, then beat Georgia again because they yeah. just won it. Yeah, I get it. I understand the mindset if you're saying we're, we're competing in this program for a national championship every year. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing at Michigan with our football program is men, we are Michigan men and we are national champion caliber men that's what we're trying to do so i understand that whole yep. mantra and they are but i'm with you hutton you beat ohio state and the beat ohio thing worked back-to-back -back years and they're on the schedule ohio state's on the schedule every year it's the game so this is very abstract when you just put the off-season mantra of beat x team that we're not scheduled to play that maybe we play in a college football playoff Maybe we play for the national title, but it's not set in stone that we're going to get there. It's also not set in stone they are going to get there. Right. So that, to me, 
is a little odd. I like the concept and the idea behind it, but I think when you've won two in a row against the Buckeyes and you're the Michigan head coach, keep it rolling. Just keep beat Ohio as the mantra for the offseason. That seems to be working. And also, when you're the coach at Michigan, if you beat Ohio State at the end of the year, odds are you're going to have a good chance of playing for a national title because you've probably done a lot of other good things throughout the season. You put yourself in position to do that with the type of program Ohio State is. So I understand the thinking behind it. I just think it's a little bit odd to say beat well, this team that's not on our schedule. Yeah, and, and in 2021, they were pushed around after, again, they they appeared to be the team that could go toe-to-toe with Georgia. That was not the case. And then they had to go through TCU, and that was supposed to be their strength. And it has been. But in the final game that we've seen them play each year, it hasn't been. So I, I, I think I, I know the motive, but just stick with what works. Keep pushing Ohio State around, and Harbaugh's going to get away with anything he wants, as quirky as he is. Uh, and maybe it is just the national title you know, team from the previous year, but I, I, still think it's, I still think it's about Georgia because he's, he's probably asked about that at quarterback clubs, you know? How's your offensive line going to hold up against the SEC champ? I mean, let's just let's just act like we're a big donor at a booster that's having breakfast with Rotary. And Jim Harbaugh is there taking questions. He's being asked about Georgia and Ohio State. Yeah, and that's it. And it's you know, look again if you're going with because they lost to Georgia, you know, not this past year but the year before. And whatever when they got, they got whipped. Um, they lost to TCU this year in a, in a close one, but. If you're going to go with the let's beat the national champion, okay, if that's an every year rotating sign in your facility, in your weight room, let's go with that because that they have what we want, basically, is what you're saying. We're competing for a national title, so beat Georgia, beat Clemson, beat Alabama, beat Ohio State, beat whoever's the national champion, and that's what you're trying to do. So I get that, but I also think that people who are good motivators can probably get you in a room and tell you one way of thinking, and you're going to believe it if they do so in yes. the right way. Yep. Because other people would tell you, and there's been books written about it, you never focus externally. You always focus internally. So doing anything about beating someone else, especially someone you're not scheduled to play, puts the focus external and not internal. And that's why coaches, I say, we got to worry about ourselves. We're not worried about what they're doing. We're not worried about their practice or their workouts. Well, We're worried about ourselves. But in this instance, I can also understand what Jim Harbaugh is saying. That can be very motivating when you're saying, we got to go get this team. And also the mentality is a bit different. Like the, the Ohio State beat Ohio session in practice was nine on seven. And you just get after them, right? I have a feeling the beat Georgia session is more about linemen. You know, it's more about the Oklahoma drill. Mentality. I'm not saying that's what it is. But the, uh, the, the focus, the, uh, the being locked in, I think that's kind of the, that's the mantra of what they're trying to get across. It's a little different than the mindset that he wants to face Ohio State. I think that's important to note here. And he's, he's acknowledging he needs to instill that into his team, just like he did very well instill the, hey, we need to attack them, get after them defensively. I think that's also the, the, the key with, with beating Ohio State. The nine on seven, you know, they're, they're trying to 
you know, throw the, the playbook at that Michigan defense. And come game time, especially in the second halves, they show up and they play and they shut them down. And if, but if they're going to have any chance at beating uh, Georgia, if we're going with this as it being, you know, an actual thing, right? they got to start recruiting with them. Oh. And Michigan recruits very well, but there is a very big difference between the number one by a mile class in the country or the, the top two or three. You're right. And then I think you go like five to nine, there's not a big difference. And maybe you could argue, you know, six to 17, there's not an enormous difference in, in, in the recruiting same, class. Unless you're in the same conference. Yes, but that <laughs> those Georgia-Alabama classes that are consistently being churned out, I'd put Ohio State in that mix also at times, those classes are – there's a separation between them and what we see with Michigan. Hutton mentioned the line play. That's one great example. You see Georgia's superiority on the lines of scrimmage. And you see their superiority in recruiting on yes. the line of scrimmage. Alabama, the same thing. When they get it rolling, you see that difference on the line of scrimmage. So Jim Harbaugh can point to beat Georgia all he wants, but he's going to have to beat Georgia in December and February in recruiting or at least become their equal if he's going to have any shot at actually beating Georgia on the field. Chad, I don't particularly have a an issue with what's going on in Columbus with the uh, dealership sponsoring the new quarterback, Kyle McCord. He's third year now, I believe, in Columbus. He's going to be battling for the starting job. But but based on what we're seeing from Mark Wahlberg uh, Automotive, uh, Walt, I think it's Wahlberg Mercedes, he's going to be the starter. And McCord has this NIL deal with... Uh, it's Wahlberg Chevrolet, excuse me, Chad. He has a beautiful $100,000 car that is a part. It's a Mercedes AMG GT 53. 93,005 is the uh, starting price, the basic. We know he didn't get the basic. It's, it's uh, described as the great white shark of luxury performance sedans. McCord has a name image likeness deal with this dealership. CJ Stroud had this. I believe a, a couple of defensive linemen at Ohio State had something similar to this. They're all starters. This guy's the projected starter. If you're on campus, you're the starting quarterback at Ohio State in an era like we're in, I expect this, quite frankly. I mean, I expected this from programs in the early 2000s when, the, when guys were getting cars from dealerships. Yeah. So this does not you know, blow were, my mind at right. all they were that, that, that they're getting this now, that it can be done above, the, above board and – you want to know how I know this works for Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet? Um, is this the Mark it Wahlberg? Is. Yes, it is. It's the. So Mark he owns Wa a Chevy dealership. It, uh, several dealerships okay. across in, in the area. Man, he's got the burger chain. He's got that. Marky Mark getting it done across the uh, Midwest. Fear also great movie. He was terrific in that with Reese Witherspoon. I need to see that. Um, Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet is getting their money's worth because we've now said Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet about five times mm. on this show, and I'm sure there's other shows saying the exact same thing. So $93,500, I'm sure this is a lease arrangement. And I don't know that he's been given the car, but he's probably getting a free lease from them. Yeah, it's well worth it. And I don't have a big issue if guys are going to get nice cars when they get to a school based on their name, image, likeness, if they have some sort of responsibility to that auto dealership for appearances, autograph sessions, um, shout-outs on social media, whatever – do it that way. I've got no problem with it. Now, 
if what we saw happen at Georgia starts to happen in Ohio State with guys getting in trouble because of their cars or with their cars, then it's going to be a, a separate issue. If this story happened at Georgia and we're talking about it, I think there's more complexities to that one. Well, but this story based on everyone racing though. each other. Yeah, but you're right. But the you know, in in what you're what Chad's referring to is there's a car dealership that was a part of uh, an NIL deal, I believe, right? Yeah, that was uh, out of Ohio, or it was in the, it was in the it was in the Midwest region that was sponsoring one of the players in Athens. Again, it just didn't link. This this makes sense. I mean, again, like that, it's happening everywhere. Uh, if he's not going to go drag race the I, thing, yeah. then I don't have an issue with it. But the Georgia yeah. deal was to make it real simple. They well, were given really fast cars they otherwise would not afford. But also, as a Georgia football player, and they and people died because they were racing them. That's right. Here's the uh, here's the real like man. We've come a, a weird long way with all this. Didn't they investigate and and come down on Ohio State and Terrell Pryor because he was loaned a car? He had like a Chevy Denali or something. Maybe it was a Yukon. But then he also... Tattoos. But, but he was also loaned. This, the NCAA was flagged based on the car he was driving. And it was a, a Dodge Challenger is what ultimately got reported. And then, you know, he was looked at through the tattoo gate that was happening in Columbus as well. That's what they got them on. But Terrell Pryor, you know what... 12, 13 years ago, is driving a, a Yukon Denali. And now we see anybody driving a you know, Mercedes $100,000 car, and it's like, yeah, of course. And it was going on then, too. And they got popped for yeah, it. I think one of the first things you do if you're a collective or even Terrell an Terrell Pryor would be a department. great guest for the show. I want yeah. to get his take on this. He, he would be great. Um, if you to talk about the kid at Ohio State yes. now getting this for nothing for no penalty at all. CJ Stroud had the same deal, by the way. I think every collective and athletic department knows that auto dealership they can go to yeah. to hook someone up. Yes. Every school has this auto dealership. Every school of consequence. Well, and multiple, right? I I, I don't know this. I doubt Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet also provides all the cars for Ohio State's coaching staff, which they're going to get as part of their contract. Maybe I'm wrong on that. My guess is they're, they're dipping in the waters of all of them, and this is how you get in if you're not the official car dealer of Ohio State University Athletics. You sponsor the quarterback yeah. instead because they can't stop that uh, with all that. Peyton and Eli have weighed in on uh, the transfer portal. And, I, Chad, I don't know about you. This was at the, the Manning Passing Academy. I kind of got mixed messages from both of them where they're like, it, it's great because if you're in a system and then all of a sudden a guy comes in and wants to run the wing T, which doesn't happen, you can get out of that. But at the same time, Peyton's like, hey, I, I want guys to go to college and base their decision for the right reasons and enjoy the four-year experience. Because Manning did that. It's just a different era. And, and the way they answered it, I wonder if they could be swayed on Arch potentially leaving if things don't work out in Texas. Again, I doubt it, but it wasn't as definitive as I thought it would be from them. Well, it, there is some bit of humor You know in where here. I'm coming from on this, Lowe? Yes, like, yeah. They didn't shut it down completely. No, they, they, they kind of played the middle of it, which I think most people 
are a bit in the middle of it because they think it yeah, can't be used a, for the right reasons. If a coach leaves that you went to play for and a mm-hmm. new offensive guy comes in and wants to run the triple option, then yeah, if you're a quarterback or a receiver, you should go somewhere else. Or if someone, one other coach comes in, you just don't agree with them. You should be able to go right. somewhere else. But also funny that Eli Manning comments on this, considering he pulled the all-time transfer portal move in the NFL. By saying, I will not go to this team. Chargers, Do not draft me. Don't you dare draft me. That was me. a big time transfer portal play before there was a transfer portal. Coming up, Clay Travis joins us. He's with us in about five minutes right here on Hot Mike with Hudson Withrow. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hunting Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Clay Travis, our fearless leader, he joins us each and every week at this time. Clay, hope the the week is going well, man. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are y'all? Do, doing well. Um, as of right now, when you see the headlines for Zuckerberg and and Musk, do you read them as oh this thing is going to happen or this has no chance of happening? I mean. Based on the amount of money that each of these guys are worth, I find it crazy that it could happen. Yeah. Meaning, um, just that, like, so pretend that you are a Tesla shareholder or pretend that you are involved in, uh, you know, ownership of, uh, of Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or any of these, uh, any of these companies, most high ranking executives have, insane amounts of life insurance that the company has taken out on their behalf. And typically that would require that you not engage in incredibly risky behavior, right? I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but I'll give you as an example, I am one billionth or one, you know, trillionth as valuable as, uh, as these guys are, uh, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk to their respective companies. Fox has life insurance on me, right? The Fox Corporation has life insurance on me after they bought Outkick. Um, And I think as a part of the life insurance that they took out, if I remember correctly, I have to agree not to like skydive or motorcycle race, you know, like all these different things that would theoretically be dangerous if you are a key man on a company life insurance policy. Um, And if you did that, it would void the value that's associated there. I bring this up because I would think that the companies that employ these guys would likely say, hey, you can't do this. The risk is too high because if you got into a chokehold and somehow your brain function ceased to work as well, or God forbid you caught an elbow um, and had like a serious health condition in the middle of this fight, then in theory, Facebook and Tesla and SpaceX and all these other different companies that these guys all own would be harmed because they require their leadership and that leadership is not easily replaced, i.e., you know, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg's brains are very valuable assets. So I think based on that, that it would seem to be unlikely. But, uh, you know, heck, what do I know? I'm not an expert in, uh, in, you know, building trillion nearly dollar companies like those guys have. Uh, But I would think there would be a challenge associated with that value. Clay, all three of us really enjoy history. Would this be like Rockefeller Carnegie? Like what would this equate to? (laughs) 
I don't think there's any comparison, right? I mean, this is like I, I saw today the, the 26th anniversary of the Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield uh, fight when Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear partially off. Um, I don't think there's a uh, titan of industry battle the likes of which uh, <laughs> that is similar to this uh, ever in uh, in history that I can remember. Clay, uh, you you are someone who likes money. How much money would it take for you to step into a cage and fight someone? on pay-per-view for everyone to see, knowing there's a risk that you just get whipped and humiliated in front of so many people. I'll raise my hand and say, I don't know if there's an amount of money well, uh, that would get me to want to do it unless I got to pick the opponent. So I guess I should ask you also, yeah. what opponent would you pick if, if you got paid a ton of money to go do this? First of all, I don't know that I would risk. Um, I mean, it would have to be an insane amount of money because all of my ability to earn income comes on my brain working well. So, you know, you're telling me that I basically have to risk my brain working well. So, I mean, I mean, this is going to sound cocky, but, um, you know, I, I think that I am worth, if I continue to decide to work, you know, a couple of hundred million dollars, uh, and that might be low, um, over the next, uh, 25 years yeah, go of, uh, of my, of my life. Let's say 500 so, million, would 500 million do it? If I offered you that. 500 million up front. Um, 500 million up front. That's how much it'd be worth. Yeah, that's how much you'd get paid. But knowing that you are going to be in a pay per view event that most of the world will witness in a cage, you'd have to train for this fight. Yeah, I don't care about the, 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 like, I, I am concerned about my brain not working well. Like, if you told me, hey, you'll emerge perfectly healthy but somebody is going to beat you in a, in a cage match, like, you know, if, if, Two days later, I'm back to 100% cognitive function. I don't care how bad I get my ass kicked. I mean, that would fade. $500 million would last forever. My concern is that, you know, like a lot of these guys, when you take blows to the head, uh, there is significant consequences over time in terms of your, you know, dementia. Uh, So that's the concern to me. Like the embarrassment of losing, I don't care about that. Like, I mean... Uh, you know, the, the, the outcome of the fight would vanish in a hurry. I mean, I just said it's the 26th anniversary of Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. I mean, Tyson bit his ear and was disqualified, um, in probably as big of a scandal as you could almost have in the boxing ring. That stuff would fade pretty quickly. Um, so I wouldn't be concerned about the result. I'd be concerned about, you know, I don't want to get knocked out by Mike Tyson and, you know, my brain never worked like it did before I got knocked out. Yeah. Uh, the cognitive impact is to me scarier than the, I don't think my, you know, my self-worth is not defined on whether or not I think I can beat somebody in a cage match in the first place. Right. So the idea that you would lose a cage match and somehow I would think less of myself, like that's, that's not a talent that I think, uh, that I think I have. So I wouldn't be at all concerned about that. Yeah. But I, see Clay, whenever I think about it though, you're not in the ring with Tyson. You'd be in with like legend, the caller from Birmingham on the, the fine bomb show, or you'd be on with like Portnoy or something. Or it would, it would Gavin Newsom, something that we've witnessed <laughs> I mean, in the past. You'd um, be on with someone that yeah, you hated. Still, Did you I hate mean, to I lose to wanna, Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to lose, but again, this is like, I mean, are people going to think worse of Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg, depending on maybe Elon? Because I think people think Zuckerberg's maybe more of a wimp than they do Elon. Yeah. But he's also, what, 53 or 54 years old, I think, right? So um, I just, uh, I, I don't see this as uh, like the, the result of whatever happened in the match. I think most people would be like, okay, he got paid, you know, 
an exorbitant amount of uh, of money to go fight. Um, and he took the money and, you know, he either won or lost. Um, again, my concern would just be, does my brain work as well afterwards as it did before? If you can guarantee me that I'll lose or beat anybody. I, I don't think there's anybody where I'd be like, Oh my God, like I can't look at myself in the mirror after this. Clay, how does it tell you? What, what does it tell you about how these guys are wired that they're willing to go along with this? Oh, I mean, I think for Elon, I mean, he recognizes that this is good, I think, advertisement for his respective brands, right? I mean, um, but I think they're super competitive, right? I mean, you don't build a, a businesses that are as successful and have as much drive as either of these guys have um as a quote unquote normal person you know most people if they made a billion dollars would take it pretty easy these guys have made orders of magnitude more than that and they're still driving themselves at a high rate uh, on a regular basis uh that's not normal behavior so i think they like challenges and probably on some level uh like the attention that those challenges could bring i imagine zuckerberg probably doesn't like that his most people would probably say what that Mark Zuckerberg's a pretty big wimp, right? I mean, I think that yeah, but he would has be, he has more yeah. training in uh, in MMA than, than Musk. So he, right mean, now he would be the betting favorite according to to uh, the, the the betting odds, which is crazy to me. Yeah, right. I can, but I can understand where he would be like. I don't like the fact that people think of me as a total wimp, uh, and they think Elon Musk is a badass, right? I'm generalizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would yeah. say that the overall uh, impression of Elon Musk is higher than the overall impression of Mark Zuckerberg. So I think in the public consciousness, he would have more to gain uh, than Elon would. Uh, and I think Elon's also quite a bit bigger uh, than Zuckerberg as older, uh, but also, you know, like substantially taller and, and, and outweighs him by a lot. So what does it say about Sage Steele that she didn't take the $500,100 or whatever the exact number was from ESPN and instead is going to continue her legal battle against the worldwide leader in what she says is a violation of First Amendment rights? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, it proves that to a large extent, um, now maybe it would be more difficult if it was $5 million or $50 million to say no to a settlement, right? <laughs> um you know, $500,000 is not worth it to her to give up her fight. And I think um, that she makes several million dollars a year. So, I mean, I do think you have to factor that in. If, if that's basically a month's salary, $500,000 sounds like a lot of money, right, uh, to your average person. But, and I'm just spitballing here, I don't know what Sage Steele makes for sure, but let's say she makes four or five million dollars a year. Does an extra month's salary really change her life in any way relative to analyzing the principle that she believes she's standing up for, which I believe she was right on, uh, that there shouldn't have been a COVID shot mandate uh, for anyone, uh, but certainly for relatively young and healthy people like Sage Steele, um, the, the COVID shot provided her no protection and didn't provide much protection for anyone. Uh, frankly, uh, at uh, at ESPN, and we were all sold, uh, no matter where you work, a false bill of goods if your employer mandated that you get that shot. Clay, I know you are, you, you, and at least I, I, we've had conversations in the past about college baseball and and how you think it's the it's the growing sport of the the college athletic realm. Um, is it too late to invest in college baseball if you're an investor because of where it is and where it's headed? Or are, are we late to the party based on what we've seen this this past go around in Omaha? 
think it's a link to the party. I mean, I don't know how many years in advance they have signed. Uh, the uh, ESPN has the the rights to the College World Series. I actually think it's still under uh, under how would I say this? Well, undervalued, yes, but also under distributed um, because some of these games are hard to find. And I, I would suggest that you know ESPN should go all in even more than they have so far because. Uh, and and maybe their position is that they want you to subscribe to ESPN Plus, and this is one of those assets that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I still think the coverage uh, and the attention that the College World Series gets from the moment it starts as a uh, NCAA tournament is a little bit uh, below the, the the radar of where it should be. Um, and uh, I wonder on some level, if you went back and you just made the college world series and it's completely unfair, right? Relative to baseball, but the same thing is true in basketball. If you made it all single elimination, how much more attention would the college world series get? Right. Um, if just like the NCAA tournament, you know, the way we choose the champion in basketball is not designed to pick the best team. Yeah. Right. Uh, because you know, there can be aberrant results over time. I think you have to win. What do you have to win? Six, uh, games in a row to win the NCAA yep. tournament. Um, you know, if you just set it up, it's the same number of teams, I think, that make the uh, College World Series. If you just set it up and said, hey, uh, we're going to play, uh, you know, like let's say the first three rounds or so of the NCAA College World Series until um, we get to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, it's all single elimination. I wonder how much more attention it would get uh, because it is kind of hard to follow with the four, uh, you know, for people out there who, you know, don't pay a lot of attention to college baseball, you start with the four teams and then they have to double eliminate each other. And then you have the super regional and you have to win two out of three. And then you get to the college world series. And then you have two different four team tournaments. And then you get to a championship series and you have to win two out of three. Like it's kind of hard, um, to keep track of, and it drags on a long time. Uh, if I were just trying to maximize the amount of attention that it would get, a part of me thinks single elimination, uh, especially in the early days of the College World Series, would get way more attention. I watched more of it, Chad and I were discussing, watched more of it combined this year than I have in my adult life. And I, I really got into it based on the, the hype and the, and, and the solid no, play, look, quite frankly. It, it's fantastic. I think also the other thing that it has working in its favor is the time of year. Uh, this is relatively speaking a dead sports uh, window for sure, and yeah. so even if you're a big Major League Baseball fan, it's hard to get super enthused about what happens in May and June in Major League Baseball, and so the whole month of June kind of being given over to the the, the college uh, baseball tournament, I think fills a, uh, a a fairly substantial void in the uh, in the American uh, in the American sporting landscape. Clay, we've got 30 seconds left, but we're expecting a big suspension or multiple suspensions again for the gambling policy in the NFL. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss this next week when, it, when it's handed down, but I'll, I'll believe that they're looking at every single player's accounts when a, real, a true superstar player is, is, is done for the year or suspended indefinitely. That's, that's the next shoe to fall. Yeah, and look, I don't think it's just football. Um, I think the challenge you've got with over 30 states having some form of legalized sports gambling is a lot of sports uh, athletes are big fans of sports in general, and they want to gamble because it's fun. And yeah. what I've seen, at least, most of the dollars at stake are relatively negligible. Um, and so, uh, you know, a part of me thinks that I understand the, the blanket prohibition, 
But also there's a big difference between somebody who puts $50,000 on a game and somebody who puts $50 on a parlay. You can say it's stupid, but I don't know that it impacts my expectations of the overall uh, legitimacy of, uh, of an outcome in a game when somebody's betting 50 or a hundred bucks. Clay, appreciate it as always, man. We'll, we'll see you later this week. Sounds good. See y'all. Clay Travis with us uh, each and every Wednesday. JJ Watt was told no in the state of Wisconsin. That's next. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Outkick Network, which includes this great radio partner you're listening to. Thank you for the support there. And also on YouTube, subscribe to the Outkick channel. Chad. Uh, Hutton, by the way, quickly, we talked ahead. about my swim lessons earlier. That's yeah. not the end of my kid stuff for the day. I leave straight from here to go coach yeah, a softball full, game. Well, your full-time job is softball coach. Full six innings. Full six innings. I wish it was my full-time job. Not that I don't like this job. But I'm saying if I got paid like it was a full-time job, that'd be something cool. I mean, for, for the hours you put in, it, it is. Well, at least that, that's, that's, I will say the, uh, the games are more fun than the practices. Uh, as far as uh, like planning it, you mean? It's just more fun. Like it's it's uh, less work. You're much more vocal during practice. Yeah. You're leading a lot of different drills. You're running back and forth. Chad's There's a lot more effort put forth in practice. He, he's the head coach, but he's also the pitcher, and he, he's not allowed to coach while he's pitching. So he gets to be well, vocal I'm not. A, I'm not allowed to coach after the ball is pitched. Okay. I can say whatever I want from the mound to them. I can't talk to my runners. That's also got to be a – and, and what I do is I go all the way up to home plate and talk to the batter while I'm doing that, giving instructions while I get the ball back from the catcher and walk back to pitch again. So I'm talking to them as I'm doing that. And it's usually like a pitch count. I'm like, hey, you got three left. Four left, you know, don't swing anything wild. Make it a perfect one. It's instruction like that. I'm going to put it perfectly down the middle. Down Try the to center. get it perfect, but if it's not, unlike you get the other time. coach, Unlike the other coach who sailed this over the backstop. Uh, you're seeing it. You're seeing yeah. it. Let's a lot of instruction now. like that. You're seeing the ball good. Just, just, you're good. Good swing. Swing a little harder. Keep your back foot set. You know, just little bitty <laughs> tidbits of information. But I go from swim lessons in the morning to coaching the, the team the at year. night. Father of the year, Chad Withrow. Uh, and coach of the year as well, I may add, based on the record and the uh, improvement that I've heard about. Improvement. The improvement. Let's not talk about the record. Okay. Chad, J.J. Uh, <laughs> Watt, commencement speaker for Wisconsin, his alma mater. He loves the university. The state loves him back, right? He wanted to, and, and will, give a commencement uh, speech to the graduates of Wisconsin. But he wanted to add Spotted Cow to his speech. And if you don't know what Spotted Cow is, here's J.J. Watt to explain. You did the yeah. commencement speech. How was it? And are you going back to class? Oh, I'm not going back to class. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, but a funny story from that was I was talking to the university and I really wanted to do something special and cool. So I was trying to find a way to make mine memorable. And I was talking to the university and I was like, this is what I want to do. Spotted Cow is the best beer in Wisconsin. It's incredible. I want to put a Spotted Cow under every single seat in the stadium. I'll pay for it all. I'll pay for the labor to put it under the seats. But at the end of my commencement speech, I'm going to say, and now to congratulate you, just reach under your seat and have a cold one on me. And they were like, yeah, we we can't do that legally. We cannot. <laughs> so then I tried, I was like, well, what if I tape underneath there a gift certificate for one beer down at the terrace, which is like where everybody would go after graduation. I was like, I'll give them one spotted cow at the terrace. And they're like, 
we just can't associate alcohol with our graduation. So it ruined my idea, but I thought that would have been such a badass idea. It, it, it is. It is. However, um, had he had Spotted Cal beer or this ale underneath every seat, the warm ale to me is not. Yeah. The, the, the not certificate's appetizing. better. Certificate's really cool. I mean, the, the visual That's cool. of people being able to crack a beer and toast. That's cool. You know, at the end of it would yeah. be really neat. Um, you need a lot of, you know, trash receptacles and all that to get rid of all the glass. Well, if you had a glass beer underneath. It. Uh, it's a great idea. And of all places, Wisconsin being against beer drinking at their graduation. This is a state known for brats, beer, cheese. And you're telling me that Wisconsin, which I believe Camp Randall Stadium was one of the first in America to sell alcohol at games for years and years before anyone else did. That is a beer lover's city in Madison, a beer lover's state. Uh, I'm surprised that Wisconsin, of all places, was so adamant, hey, we can't have anything to do with alcohol during our graduation. I get it from the higher learning standpoint, but uh, I feel like Wisconsin would have been the exception, Hutton, that may have been on board for a celebration like this. I wonder if it's because they're – and like here there's like a board of regents where all the state schools are a part of like a – overall yeah. board of directors that vote and hire and do all. I wonder if it's just because of that. University of Wisconsin, Green Bay would the, have a problem with the drama their other state of system. all of that BS after that. Like, because no one else would be allowed to do this. You know, maybe there's another campus that does that's dry. I, again, don't well, know. No then, idea. Then get J.J. Watt to say yes, you know, would be my, my response. But it was J.J. Watt's gift to everyone. It wasn't our gift. We didn't supply it. It was him. If you can get him to do your commencement address, then maybe you'll get beers also. It's, we're also yeah. not under prohibition. So if someone, you know, we're not, they're not forcing them to drink it. If someone didn't want to drink the beer, they don't have to. Yeah, if they don't drink. Right. So it, I don't know. It's, to me, it's a little stuffy. I, I think it's a fun idea. But he, he, and one that very few right people, way, right? if anyone, would ever uh, uh, have a problem with. Um, I don't think anyone in that commencement address would have an issue with it. Speaking of J.J. Uh, Watt, of course, he recently retired future Pro Football Hall of Famer in five years. Um, CBS is considered the favorite to get him on board for broadcasting purposes this fall. Everyone is, uh, NFL Network is involved, uh, but it sounds like CBS, uh, which, by the way, the reason why they're going to dump a ton of money that way, it's their Super Bowl year. So they want, I mean, that, that makes a ton of sense too. To, it's always to involve another personality who's going to be awesome. What will be great on set, do, you know, just opining or just having fun with whatever's going on in the game. It feels like the guys that, um, it's the, the network that had their conference a lot of times that they're drawn to. You know, like with JJ yeah. Watt, you know, he was the majority in the AFC with the Texans. Then he went to the NFC with the Cardinals. But it feels like, oh, well, they had all of his games. So maybe he had relationships with CBS execs because they're the ones interviewing him or coming through town for games more often than not. But I feel like these guys end up with the network that covered them the most. Although I do guess that you know Tom Brady would be the exception. He's going to Fox, and Fox only had his games the majority of the time at the end of his career because he was AFC and CBS. The majority yeah, of his career the, the, the new Patriots. TV deal is weird because now it's not it bounces separated, back and forth. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but you're you know right. What I mean? like you associate the one with one. Yeah. NFC is Fox. AFC is CBS. The majority of the time. 
NBC is game of the week. Is anything. Top game. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this would be uh, he, CBS, according to the Post, he wouldn't be replacing anyone, which tells me it's a desk gig, uh, pregame show slash uh, special appearances during Doing the what uh, Fox did with Rob Gronkowski. To yes. me, it would be a good idea with him. Yes. Not an every week thing, or maybe one feature every week, and then some spot work in studio would be a good first year for JJ. It's, it's interesting. It, like there are no brainers. He's a no brainer for that. Yep. Right. He's going to be really good. Who Who else is recent or about to be like Rogers to me? Matt no. Ryan has signed the deal. I think right. he's going to be CBS, good. Yes. Right. We thought Drew Brees was a no brainer. We did. Uh, Witten was thought to be too. You know. Witten got too good of a gig too quickly. Without much I think Witten could have been good if he started small and went up with his broadcasting. Yeah. I think that whole thing, and I think the negative response to it, got in his head also. I think it was just too much too too quick. You think the uh, Larsa uh, Pippen-Marcus-Jordan relationship is in Scotty's head? How could it not be, right? I think it's in every fiber of his being. Not just his head. It's in every cell in his constitution. Is it Larsa or is every, it Jordan everywhere that plays more of a factor with it? Is it Larsa oh, or is it Jordan? It's it's both. I think it's MJ. But I think, um, <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I mean, if it's if we're looking at a scale of percentages, probably 55-45 MJ is what bothers him the most. Yeah, they're they've started their podcast. You know, they're saying that their relationship is not good for OnlyFans. Uh, their their uh, their podcast is called Separation Anxiety. Pippen asked Jordan how he felt about her OnlyFans account and whether or not uh, it would need to be deleted. And you know, she said she would delete it if he asked. I need someone not good for their relationship to, to listen to this podcast for research purposes. I, I do not volunteer, but if someone else would love uh, to research this and listen, also Matt, if you'll do that and come in and give us a report on just one episode. I'd love to know what this podcast so, sounds like. The relationship's not good for Larsa, by the way, on OnlyFans, not the other way around. Uh, Michael Jordan's son, Marcus, is saying, hey, uh, I don't have a problem with How could you if you're uh, in a relationship with Larsa Pippen after everything she said about who she's been with and how many times per day and all? Like, uh, uh, of course the answer is going to be, no, continue doing what you're doing. But she's admitting on the podcast, her podcast, that OnlyFans has taken a bit of a hit based on the relationship. Uh, and the the publicity behind it, because I know, I think everyone knows the the truth. I think you kind of know the score, right? Yeah, you if know. you're with uh, pun intended, yeah. you know the score if you're scoring with Larsa. So you're not going to get upset by little things like OnlyFans appearances. Scotty, I think it's going to bother young Jordan, whatever she says, because of all that she's already said. I would love to know what Michael Jordan has talked about behind the scenes about this relationship. I mean, there are so many things I, I would like to talk to Michael Jordan about. If we could I, get him in that mode where he was drinking his own tequila and smoking the cigar like he was on Last Dance, if you could get in that setting with Michael Jordan and just hear him rail on everyone he competed with or against and hear him talk honestly about everything, about his son's relationship with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife, when they speak, I would pay very good speak, money to hear he all this. about Larson? When they, when him and Scotty, Mark, no, him and Marcus. Oh, I'm sure. 
<laughs> I, and I'm sure that. And I want to know how he feels about the response. Like, uh, does he get a kick out of it, or does he, is he like, oh man, this is I know Scotty way too well. You know, he's he's overthinking everything, and while he may think I suck on the court, I mean, I don't he's think, overthink this too with a relationship. I also do think that it's someone that something that probably Jordan doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about. Oh, I think he like other things. I don't think he spends a lot of time worrying about this. But I do think he knows. Scotty, on the other hand, definitely what he worries says, about it. He knows whether or not Scotty's going to respond to it, right? Scotty definitely worries about it. Um, uh, Brittany Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, apparently was a photographer in Hawaii taking photos uh, of, uh, of Brittany, his wife. As, uh, she said he's 10 out of 10 as a photographer. That doesn't surprise me. The photos look fine. Um, practically anyone's a photographer now, though, Jack. I, Everyone. I understand that there is... Everyone does a photo shoot. ...an art form to photography. Yeah. Did he edit these as well? But the art, to me, is the editing. Everything online's fake. Well, that's the, that's the art to it. I've never edited a photo. Ever. I've taken a photo. Anything I've posted... No, uh, I do like no filter? Fil- I do a filter. Well, that's you editing. Know, uh, yeah, but I'm talking about like actually lightening oh, it up. Oh, yeah, I've never done that either. And doing all that stuff and you know all that. Yeah, never done People pay it. for apps for that to make themselves feel better. But you know? like getting in the right position to take a photo, that's there's no talent involved in that. Well, lighting, editing, lighting all of is, that, yes. like having the right equipment. I don't it, buying the expensive camera. I'm not a good photographer. Doing all of that, there's a skill to um, it. There's a pursuit. I feel like Ryan Albany's right now is uh, quietly wishing our death for saying this because he's probably going to tell us that it's very artistic. I, I, will, I just don't see it. I fully admit though. Like, I think I could be a photographer. If the there's right a equipment. group, it could be here. It could be, you know, uh, at a theme park where where uh, I was this past weekend. Like, if there's a group that needs their their picture made, I'm not volunteering, right? If I'm walking by, but if they ask me, I'm like, look, I'm not a great photographer. That's the answer. It's not like no. It's just just say you're not good and just look at someone else for for validation because anyone I'm with at any time will validate the fact that I'm not good at iPhone photography. Period. I, Chad's I, not good because he's got the iPhone 7. Yeah, that but it, it's my equipment. It's not me. Like I think right. you could do it. I think I could okay. do it. I'm sabotage. I'm self-sabotaging. I could purpose. become a great photographer with a week's training. I'm convinced. There's no real talent to it. It's just do you want to do the work? Do you have a passion for it? Do you want to edit? Do you want to find the right lighting? Do you want to do this? Like pointing and clicking in the right angles? I mean, if we really wanted to be good at that, Hutton, we could be great at that. Uh, by the way, 10 out of 10 husband is the ranking. How would she rank Patrick Mahomes' brother as a photographer? Because that's his life, right? Everything's on camera. Or behind bars. Yeah, or in a, a civil court. That's right. <laughs> Coming up, criminal court action. I've got three NFL teams Both. I'm taking the over on for win total. And I'm taking it to the bank. Follow me. That's next on Hot Mike.